We're doing another contest here on Book Interrupted. During the Seeing Red book cycle, we're giving away a NYX Mixed Flow period underwear kit. To find out more, go to www.bookinterrupted.com contests. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. I've had doctors when I was maybe in my early 20s tell me I should get pregnant because that would help. It's part of the science. We're half the population. I started the seed cycling earlier. (laughs) Everybody likes boobs. I've always. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, why can't you tell me what's wrong with me first? Where, you know, until fairly recently, second class citizens, you know. Disrupted. Mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is with uh, And we're gonna talk it uh, out. On Book Interrupted. This episode's brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members of Book Interrupted? See behind the scenes? Then go to our website to find out more at www.bookinterrupted.com slash unpublished. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. Hi, I'm Sarah. I started Book Interrupted and asked the closest people to me to be part of it. First, I asked my sister. Hi, I'm Meredith, the sister. My first friend. Hi, I'm Kim, the first friend. My old roommate. Hi, I'm Lindsay, the old roommate. My high school friend. Hi, I'm Kara the high school friend. My good friend and Kara's sister. That's me. Hi, I'm Leah, Sarah's friend, Kara's sister, and the final member of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to join along, this book cycles from March 28th to May 2nd. It's Lindsay's book pick, and we're reading the book Seeing Red by Kirsten Karchmer. Seeing Red breaks down the lies women have been made to believe about their periods and how to achieve a healthy cycle. Seeing Red was published at the end of 2019. Finding information about the sales and popularity of Seeing Red was more difficult than Women Who Run With the Wolves and Untamed. Being a book written about periods, we are unfortunately not surprised. There are also numerous books with the same title, which added to the difficulty. That being said, author Kirsten Karchmer has been featured in National Press numerous podcasts for her fertility app Conceivable, as well as for her book Seeing Red. In her experience of over 20 years building one of the largest fertility and women's health and wellness clinics in North America, she's worked with over 10,000 women struggling with both their cycles and to conceive. Entrepreneur.com named her one of 12 female founders who will restore your faith in feminism. And on her website, she is described as a health tech pioneer, author, and troublemaker. All right, so it's personal journal time. Let's see what the members of Book Interrupted thought outside the group. This is my book choice for Book Interrupted for this season. And I chose this. I actually bought this book a long time before, a few years ago. And I'm meaning to read it. It's been sitting beside my bed and I hadn't had the chance. I chose this book or I bought this book specifically because I have horrible periods. 
my whole life since I was a teenager, I've had really bad periods. I've been told that it's fine to suck it up, that it's normal. You should just get pregnant. You should just go on the birth control pill. You should, I don't know, everything. Take more pain meds, take more pain meds. This is totally normal. And it was really hard in my life going that at once a month, I am basically incapacitated to the point where often I feel like I'm going to throw up. Uh, I have to have a heating pad on my belly. Uh, I have to lay down and sleep a lot. It is really difficult to work to do anything during those days. The more that I talk about it, a lot of women have this issue. As I got older, I found out that I have endometriosis. My partner and I were trying to have a baby and we were having a lot of troubles. So we went to fertility clinic and started the process of trying after numerous uh, fertility things. What are they called? Fertility things to help have a child. We found out that we can't. And that was really, really hard for both of us, especially for me. You know, I feel I'm actually really angry. And I will get emotional about this because I'm really angry that someone didn't tell me before I was 30, 35 that I hadn't, that the idea of endometriosis and all the doctors I saw when they told me that I should just suck it up and that that's just normal that you should feel that way. And it just makes me so upset. And I'm so, I want to spread the word that this is something that can happen to help other women especially young women who are dealing with this, that this is not normal and it's not okay. And I haven't read the book yet, but I, you know, I read the little, you know, when you read the thing, she says, this is not normal. It's not normal to feel this way. And it makes me just so angry. And I think, and I'm hoping that, I don't know, I don't know what's going to be in this book, but I think this is a great platform as well for me to talk about these things and to share my struggles and to hopefully help other women get through these struggles together. And I'll talk more about I'm that, I'm sure, during my personal journals and during our group. So I read this book a while back, so I don't remember anything, but I'm going to reread it now that I have a little more time to do so, so I can get on track with this book cycle. One thing I did remember, one thing that I definitely took away from it was I really liked how she said that, um, well, she stressed the importance of drinking water, of course, and she said that if you just chug a glass of water uh, while your coffee is being made, then you are already setting yourself up to be slightly ahead of the game, which I thought was a great idea. And so I do that because that's a good piece, a good piece, a good piece, a good piece. That's a good piece of advice. Also, what else did I take from this book? Oh, I really like the concept that you're getting like a readout from your body. So when you're having your period, you're really lucky because you're actually, your body is producing a report for you on your health. So I thought that was awesome. Like I never thought of it that way. And um, sometimes, especially when you have more difficult periods, more painful periods, whatever period problems, finding gratitude. I mean, besides the obvious that it's indicative of our great ability to make life. But when you're in the middle of a bad period, sometimes it's hard to be grateful. So. I like the idea of, of looking at it as data and then being able to take that information and, you know, use it to improve yourself, hopefully, right? Because that brings us to the topic of what my period wrap is about anyway, which is how, you know, 
society kind of neglected women's health, maybe still even does. And so um, even if you did get a bad report from your period, you might not know what the solution is. You know, that data may not be reflective of any other data that's been collected because women's health has been neglected so badly. So that's a little bit discouraging, but that's why we do what we do, right? That's why we're doing this. We're getting together to talk about periods so that talking about periods is normal because talking about periods is normal or should be anyway. I mean, how could you like, it's not like, I mean, I guess it's kind of like pooping, but even pooping, we all talk about pooping because everybody does it. And it's part of the machine that we are, if you want to call humans a machine, but it's part of the process. Nobody can't poop on purpose. You know what I mean? Like you can't help it. You're supposed to do it. Same thing for periods. So, you know, it should be normal to talk about poop and periods. <laughs> maybe not together. Maybe that's too much. Or maybe we should combine it. Maybe we should have a poop and period power hour. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of my personal journal one for seeing red. I'm at my studio and I forgot to bring any makeup and therefore I don't have red lips as promised. I wanted to wear red lipstick like Lindsay in every in every seeing red personal journal. So I blew it. Big time blew it in this HD just lighting. <laughs> Makeup would have been a good choice. Yeah, this is my favorite day. Bang. I'm feeling it today, guys. Feeling old. Hopefully by reading the book Seeing Red, which I also forgot the book. <sighs> I will learn about my hormones. Maybe turn back this uh, this clock a little bit today. I need a lot of hormone help. So I, of all the books in this year of books with this book club, I'm most excited about this one because I feel like I've got a lot to learn. And as we all know, well, maybe all us females know, maybe we don't all know, but there is a lot to learn and we haven't been educated and maybe not in my generation in this part of the world. So I think I got a lot of learning to do. I suffer from a ton of hormonal issues. I am perimenopausal at, uh, I started that at 36. So that's not ideal. And I use hormone replacement therapy and I suffer from the occasional bout of fibroids in the old uterus and I don't like it. I'm actually, generally periods have been a pain in my ass my whole life. I think most people feel that way. And could they be better? I don't know. They certainly were better when I used to use um, uh, IUD. Had that so long that I started to believe that that just how I had a great little period and it was no trouble at all until I removed my IUD and felt like I was going through puberty. Jesus Christ, puberty <laughs> again. So anyways been a learning curve my whole life. It's been a real learning curve. And uh, this book, I think there's a lot to gain. There's something called seed cycling, which I don't even know what it is. It's eating seeds. We're going to find out, y'all. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to this. See you on the next one. Peace. I want to say right off the bat that there are a lot of books titled Seeing Red. This is the one that says the one book that every woman needs to read, period. Also, I want to say that some of those other books look interesting, and I might read one of those too. I'm very excited about this book. I'm so happy that Lindsay chose it. I am reminded of a time when I was pregnant with my first child. I was reading 
a technical article about human development and there was a reference in it. And so I was checking the references and reading them as I do. And I came upon this book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Welsher. I think I got the head right. Instead of simply reading that one chapter, I read the entire book and I was astounded at the information in that book that I did not know. I was outraged that this information was not common knowledge. How had I gotten to the ripe old age of 35 without knowing this information about my body? And I think that seeing red is going to stir up the same kind of passion and emotion and outrage in me. And I'm excited to read it because it'll be very interesting. I'm so excited to read it, in fact, that I have put on hold another book from the library called The Vagina Bible by Dr. Jen Gunter. And she's also coming out with another book this year called The Menopause Manifesto. Part of the reason I'm very interested in this is, you know, I got to uh, a stage of my life where I was pregnant before really learning a lot about my reproductive health and cycles. And now that I'm 40, I'm thinking my next phase in life will be coming soon. And I know very little about menopause. I have not yet found a very good resource or let's say complete resource for that. People just don't talk about it. It's so crazy. You know, we like to think that we're progressive in Canada and um, there's a lot of equality. And yet the subject of women's health and women's natural cycles are still so taboo. Even a lot of women feel uncomfortable talking about these things. So bring on the uncomfortable conversations. Excited. Love this book so far. I want to be friends with Kirsten. (laughs) I love her. I really like the book because of the holistic part of it. Like I'm a holistic nutritionist. Chinese medicine actually helped me when I was a kid with chronic bronchitis when nothing else would work. So I really believe that your system as a whole and isolating each individual system doesn't help your whole. So I'm completely on board with what she's saying in the book so far. And um, it reminded me of a story of going to my family doctor. In my 20s, I started getting my period every three weeks. And I was pretty healthy back then, but I couldn't feel like that was odd, clearly. So I went to a doctor to do tests and he did a bunch of tests and didn't find anything. He's like, oh, you're the healthiest person I've ever tested. I was like, okay, but I'm still getting my period like every 20 days. So something's not right. And he said, will you just go ahead and take the pill and be done with it? Like, I don't know why you're wasting my time. It made me really angry that um, he, I was like, I don't want to be, you don't even know what's wrong with me. Why would you give me the pill? Why don't you tell me what's wrong with me? And then we can discuss treatments. So that really made me mad. And luckily I, I can't take the pill because I'm one of those people that get those migraines, like the fuzzy migraines that you could get a stroke with. So um, when I was younger, they put me on the pill, like they put everyone on the pill. And um, I had immediately stopped taking it, which ended up being lucky for me, actually. (laughs) Anyway, so that reminded me of that story. And I totally forgot about that because generally my period was never really a big deal. Like I wasn't one of those people that got cramping and all that kind of stuff. I'm only getting that now because I think I'm entering perimetopause. 
So I'm getting all these symptoms that I've never got before. And my migraines have gotten worse and chest pains and bloating. And I'm like out like the day before I get my period and the day of like in the week of my period. And so I'm really hoping this helps me. So I'm really excited that we're reading it and I'm, I can't wait to read more and talk about it. I have secretly been looking forward to reading it since Lindsay first suggested it as a part of our book cycle. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's because in the past five years, I have become more and more obsessed with hormones and the realization of how integral hormones are to our mental health, or if it's just because I enjoy me some good nonfiction. I almost exclusively only choose uh, nonfiction over fiction when it comes to reading. And this book is like very factual without being textbooky. So already I'm really, really enjoying it. And it happened very early on. Let me just tell you, before the book even gets started, the author writes here, for the 10,000 women who have trusted me with their hearts, minds, and bodies. You taught me how to decipher the beautiful and secret language of women's bodies. Already, I'm just like, huh, I'm just going to literally blindly trust everything that this author says because I just, I'm so touched by the way that she's even beginning the book of just thanking all the women or people with periods who have crossed her path, who have helped her uh, be a wonderful resource in our world. Why we don't talk more about female body parts, female health, periods, you name it, is beyond me. But this lady's talking about it, and I am so thankful. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. So I picked Seeing Red as my book choice. So I've had, I have endometriosis, and I have had issues with my periods since I started having a period. I've had doctors put me on the pill. I've had doctors when I was maybe in my early 20s tell me I should get pregnant because that would help. I've had uh, doctors tell me to suck it up because it's fine. Um, There's nothing wrong with you. I've even went to see specialists and the specialists have said, just take double the amount of pain pills because that's all. You, You can just take that and you'll be fine. I didn't know I had endometriosis. No one mentioned it. And I got So I'm really angry about it because I only found out because Laird, my partner, and I couldn't or were having difficulty conceiving. So we went to see fertility doctors. We ended up seeing, so I can list off the things that I have done. I went to an osteopath, a naturopath, two different fertility doctors. I had surgery of my right fallopian or my, yeah, right, my right fallopian tubes removed because it was full of chocolate-like fluid. That's actually in the surgical report. It says chocolate-like fluid. I had, um, I did IUI and IVF for fertility, which nothing worked. It also made me absolutely crazy, which is why we stopped um, because I couldn't survive and spent a lot of time really depressed after, but that's a whole nother story. Anyways, in any case, I um, have always had this issue. So I was listening to, or I might've read it. I don't even know. I was listening to the radio or I read it on a, journal or something or newspaper article about seeing red. And so immediately I said, you know what, I'm going to, I had taken some time to just stop doing everything and to take care of myself, my mental health. And so I said, you know, I'm going to get back into this. Uh, I can't have kids, but let's see if I can deal with this period issue. 
And I have severe pain to the point where, like, I sometimes am laying on the floor in the bathroom, uh, like, writhing in pain. I've been to the emergency room. I'm about to throw up sometimes. Like, it's really, really, really bad. So, I, but anyways, I am to, I'm not being very clear of my story. But anyways, so I bought this book online, and it was sitting beside my bed. And when Sarah said, hey, would you be part of this book club in which we talk about health and wellness books? I was like, yes, I will for you. And also because I really want to read this book and it's been sitting here and I haven't read it. And um, so that's why I picked this book, because it's really important to me. I also think it's an important way for me to have a voice for women who also um, have this issue, like especially endometriosis or any other issue to speak about it. I think we need to talk about our periods more. I think we need to have more discussion about it so that women can stand up because, you know, so many of us have periods and why are we not talking about it? Why is there more, not enough money in, in research to do with these things? You know, why does a doctor not know they should suggest endometriosis to someone who has all of the symptoms. I get really angry and really emotional and really upset about it because if someone had told me earlier, I could have dealt with it. I could have not lived in pain my whole life. I could have probably had, had better chances with conceiving and with fertility because I could have dealt with this before. So I'm gonna, I'm super emotional about this, but this is why I picked this book. It's a fantastic pick. Like Lindsay, on behalf of like all of us, I don't think um, I'm offline here and just saying thank you. It's understandably infuriating. And I would say that any of us who have similar response, like emotional responses, kind of warranted, like enough, we're done. And yeah, if even if just one person listening to this episode is like, I would like to learn more about my health and I do identify as a woman, then great, well done, because you're right. It's ridiculous and unacceptable. And the thing that's really bad is that it's not even like, it's not just you, you know what I mean? It's not like you're like this really rare condition and you know, oh, like, it's like, I don't even know what the stats are, but it's a large portion. Well, 50% of the population, first of all, have their period. And then I don't know what portion of those people have difficult periods. Well, 10% have endometriosis, I think, is the number. That's a huge number for them not to know. Like, there's so little. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. I love you, Lindsay. I get, ups I get angry about this, too. There's so little we know. Why is there not more money put into research and finding out more? Like, um, and it's like, we do need to talk about this because nobody, nothing's going to change unless people are outraged that nothing's changing. <laughs> sorry. Also, the fact that, like, I feel like, you know, family doctors, if you have an issue with your period, they should not be saying whatever they're saying. They should be, like, giving you to a specialist. Here's a specialist that can help you. I know even when I was 20, I was getting my period every 20 days. And the family doctor, after he did tests and couldn't figure out why, was like, just take the pill like everyone else. And I'm like, why can't you tell me what's wrong with me first? Don't just prescribe something. We don't even know what's wrong with me. And luckily for me, I went to a naturopath and they figured out, like, we changed my diet. I was deficient in magnesium and a whole bunch of the other things. And all of a sudden, my periods went back to normal. But if I wasn't, if I was not the person I was at the time, 
I would have been like, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll just take this pill, I guess. Which, after reading that part of her book that's like, can cause infertility, can cause cancer. Like, I was like, are you kidding? And they're just, and I know they put me, I was not sexually active. And my family doctor put me on the pill at 15 because I had heavy periods. And it's like, like the only reason I stopped it is because I was one of those people that got the migraines and they were like, oh, you have to stop taking the pill. But why would you put me on the, the first place? Like, it just makes me angry because those family doctors, if they don't know, need to send you to someone that does. And then that's even more infuriating because those people don't even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have a problem with your heart or an allergy, if you have an allergy, they send you to an allergist. If you have a problem with your heart, you go to a cardiologist. You know, if like all these things, uh, if you have like problems with your muscles, they send you to like a massage therapist. Like they'll send you for everything else. I don't know. I'd like to invite any fans, if you guys have any examples of just stellar individuals that you've interacted with on the topics of periods um, with like any doctor, if they are a rock star, please share with us that you've had a phenomenal experience with someone that treated you like a whole human being that had the ability to say, you know what, I'm, I don't know a lot about that, but I do know who to make a recommendation to. Just, I'd love to hear that there maybe are some uh, positive change movements happening. And also share the bad things too. Yeah. Like, and share the bad things. Tell us the bad stories as well, please. <laughs> well, there's like a little history behind it, right? Like, I don't even know, but very recently, research wasn't even being performed on women. And the statistics were just transferred, right? Even still, because they don't want periods to interfere. And you're like, well, if most of the medical research is being done on men and drug trials and stuff are being done on men, how do we know how they're going to react with women? I mean, that's putting us at huge risk. So there's even more reason why we need to understand more about women's biology and be okay to talk about it and include it in studies and stuff. It's not, oh, it overcomplicates the science. It's part of the science. We're half the population, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's a legitimate variable. Yes, right? totally. It's just a reflection of the patriarchy. It always comes back to the fucking patriarchy. You know what I mean? But like, we're moving forward. We're trying to grow whatever. But like, here is another, you know, consequence of that kind of a system where, you know, until fairly recently, second class citizens, you know? Um, and in the book, um, Kirsten Karchmer says, just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. And I really liked that she said that. that. It's my new tagline. It's my new tagline. I say it all the time now to my husband, especially this last week, because I'm not getting my period every 23 days. Um, and they're really bad. And I've never had that. I thought it was just perimetopause. And I was trying to research peri- perimetopause. And then I started her book and I'm like, oh my gosh, basically hit with another tranquilizer gun with this period. I said to my husband that line, like, so many times, I'm like, and he's like, yeah, but isn't this, like, perimetopause? I'm like, it's common, but it's not normal. And he's like, okay. I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. And he's like, okay. This interruption is brought to you by Strange Things, a self-published children's book written by Ann Amos and illustrated by Leah McBean. Find the digital ebook on Amazon.ca. Book interrupted. My interruption is finding out that someone close to my family has tested positive for COVID-19. Book interrupted.
This is like the most timely intro. I am like in the the precipice of period hell. I am swollen. Oh. Like, oh I have God. jugs right now. I should be doing a topless talking about the intro. They're gorgeous and they're excruciating. <laughs> <laughs> Excruciatingly gorgeous. They're rock hard, but they're like, they look tre- tremendous and fantastic. <laughs> Why is that happening? In your period and your boobs perk up? Like, that's a bonus that I didn't miss the memo on. Yeah, I don't know. Like, great. This is great for things. Like, they double in size. What? Wow. Yeah, I go from wow. a B to a D. That's kind of inconvenient. <laughs> a little bit for the bra fucking supply. Yeah, they look gorgeous though, guys. Like, I'll show you if you don't, if you hit the record off. <laughs> you have to have like two sets of shirts. You need like. Yeah. Do you have two different bras? Like, do you have, wear different bras? bras I've become like a rabid non bra wearer in life. So oh. it just is what it is. Sports bras. I'll just wear a sports bra usually if I if they're painful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, this is right on topic. That's fair. Yeah, right on topic. Yeah. See, this isn't this a great conversation. I assume that this happens to most women, but apparently it doesn't. Isn't it? She did it on purpose. She got her period. Imagine we should have all had her period for this. Damn it. No, no well, that thing does not do happen. She wouldn't be happy. What? I said we all should have had our period for this. And then I was like, actually, Schweitz would probably not want to have her period for this. One day, one day we'll, we'll synchronize, ladies. If we spend enough time together. My, um, so for some reason, whatever Sarah is talking about, about her coming every two and a half weeks. Oh, yeah. Well, Laird said that it's just come just for this episode because mine came in two and a half weeks. So I just had it two and a half weeks ago and it came yesterday just mm. for seeing red. Oh, you so you do have it. I do. You're committed, man. I do too. It's ridiculous. It never, ever, ever happens to me. And just for some wow. reason, this, so Laird thinks it's because of this episode. Thank you guys. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, I'm having the opposite. I had a couple, er- I had early ones. My mom was here. Uh, I think like is eating differently, maybe, or whatever. Um, and then now I'm late. So I like, so I've been like, well, I guess there's a, like, Dan, I'm late. Maybe in nine months we'll be busy. And he's like, no, there's no way. As our kids are no having sex for that mare. <laughs> Screaming. And, there's no way. No, <laughs> no uh, way. But I don't know. Yeah, so now mine's late. I had I had like two or three uh, of early, and I was like, oh, because mine was mine's always been like clockwork, like same time of day, same number of days. Don't you think you would know if you were pregu? I know. I'm totally not. Like, don't you think you your body would know? I think so. Yeah. It would this be a poor time to say that things have never been better with my period? That's great. Is that true though, or is that? The- oh my god. Don't you have like a, what's called, she's calling a scant period or something? What's a scant? Short. That's light. what she calls it in the book. Like when you barely know. So are you having like hardly oh, any yeah. period? Four days every, what is it, every four hours? For the past three months, it has arrived exactly on the 30th day. I never have that. I never, never. It could be like anywhere between the range of like, Day 26 to day 50. You just don't know, you know? Um, Yeah, and well... Yeah. Yeah, for like, I don't even know, ever since I came off the pill, I think in my 20s, yeah, it's like hardly... It's like, meh, it's hardly there. 
yeah. But like now I'm like, oh, I understand now why people, it's like, no, I've got to change the path. Like it's not negotiable. This is happening now. Yeah. So it's neither, I would say it's neither too heavy nor too light. And it's a great color and it's predictable. Do you think, have you been doing the seed cycling? Yeah. Is it the seeds? I think it has been because it's been, mind you, they did say, like the book said, it sometimes takes three months. Yeah. A longer amount of time. But your body's really like sensitivity to things. I think it's managing. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's the seeds for me too. But then I was like, it can't be that quick, can it? I don't know that it would mess up my period. I was thinking the same thing with me. I'm like, something's Mm. changed. Because I had like three months of early and then all of a sudden it's like, no, we're not going to do that. But now it's late, so I don't know. Wait, yeah, you guys are, because you guys did start, because I started the seed cycling earlier because I read the book, I think before the majority. And now you guys, yeah, just recently started the seed cycling and now you're having differences. You have not. Okay. I have not started the seed cycling yet. You know what's a good question I'd like to ask her is how... I'll decide if your question is good. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. Oh, yeah, you you guys let me know. One of my many questions I want to ask her, and when she comes on, it's going to be really hard for me not to treat it like my personal doctor's appointment. But I will refrain. But I want to know, like, how persuasive is the chicks you hang around with periods on your cycle because in lockdown the only chick i ever see with her period is kara and we barely see each other we see each other once a week for a couple minutes maybe yeah good one great question so now is it like my period does its own thing because i'm not in i wonder that's like i have 18 questions that's interesting Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think in a, from what I've been talking to her a little bit with, that she seems really open to asking, answering any questions, talking about the tough stuff. She, I think she loves it. It'll so. be a five yeah. hour episode. I'm just giggling <laughs> because like, as you said, Leah, it's going to be hard not to treat this as my own personal doctor's appointment. I just, of course, in my mind, cross way over the line with the things that I'm imagining. And you'd be like, so Christian, I need you to look at something. <laughs> Could you imagine? I can't. You're going to be uncomfortable, right? Well, Kara has some questions. And she does not mind being naked. So watch out. (laughs) Um, On that note, what episode is she coming on? The fan? The the last. No, the the fan one. The final. No, not the the final. Our final group. And I also think it is interesting for listeners to listen to us talk about our issues and periods because maybe they're going through the same thing. And they might be like, oh, like your question about your boobs. Is it normal that somebody's boobs grow two sizes before I'm PMS? Like, is it all these things that guys, we don't know? I want to show you so bad. I know I'm a glass of wine in. Yeah. <laughs> now, sexy. I'm just always really proud of my boobs, but... <laughs> Well, you did. I think favorite. you recorded something where you were, oh, the, when you were playing the drums or something, and your oh, boobs were huge, naked. and I was like, I had no idea they were so big. Oh, they are only like that uh, one week of a, the month. They're cute the rest of the time, but they're gorgeous. <laughs> it's even to the point that baby Max notices, and when Leah is not plumped up, she'll go up to Leah, and she'll be like, oh, what's this? <laughs> oh, she had witnessed B. Grundling me earlier that day, and then I think she thought that's just what we do. It was disgusting and embarrassing. And Max came up, and she was like, 
wanted to like lift my boobs and I didn't know how to like manage it. Like I didn't want her to be like, I didn't want to be like, no. And like, ew. All right. But she just, you know, everybody likes boobs. I've always liked them personally. They are just thinking about it. I'm like, I just want to. I had a breast reduction when I was 21. Mine were huge. <gasps> when I, I heard that very like, huge. Huge. You used to get bruises. Yeah, oh. I had bruises in my shoulders and I couldn't oh play. God. So I loved to play sports and I played soccer and all these things and I couldn't play because they were just ah. so big. It would hurt all the time. So my doctor actually, a male doctor said to me like in a night, like I had a good relationship with him, but he said, yeah. you know, would you, do you want to consider this? You're 21. Like I can see that this is uncomfortable for you. And so I got it paid for by the government with a plastic surgeon and I went in and got it done. And mom tells a hilarious story of me being in like recovery. And what they did is they had to tape you with all this tape. Cause back then it was really invasive. Like now they only do little holes, but uh, it was really invasive and they tape you, but they leave the tape on for weeks. And then, then they have to rip the tape off. So your skin is kind of grown oh. over the tape oh. and I'm in the room and he's taking the tape off and I'm like 21 or whatever. Yeah. Around that. And I'm screaming like, fuck shit, like screaming these profanities because it hurts so much. And my mom is like, I guess the wall between me and the waiting room was not very thick. And so all the people in the waiting room were like, what is happening? And I'm like, "Ah, what are they doing to her? They're like ripping all the tables. But I'm glad I got it done. It was the best decision ever. So I don't know why I care, but how big were they? (laughs) They were significant. They were big. Um... I think I was a, like, G or H, I think I usually got. And back then, it was really hard to buy bras that size. Yeah. And I'm a 32. So, yeah. Oh so, it was like a, I'm like a 32 G or whatever. Oh, so, then fine. I had to go like... with my Nana. And my Nana had had oh. um, a, or a, a single mastectomy. So, she had to get one of those, in, those like, uh, prosthesis to put in her bra. So, she had to go to a special place to get the bra sewn. So, her and I would drive every, like you know, six months or a year, whatever, to this special place. I think it was in Milton or somewhere where they would go and I'd have to try on all the bras and they'd have, and every bra was like $150, $200. And yeah, I know it was really nice. So, and then she'd get her special bras and they'd sew in the special thing so she could get her prosthesis put in. So yeah, it was mm-hmm. bonding, bonding time, picking out bras for a yeah. big boob. It is nice when um, somebody... I mean, that's the thing. Somebody in your family took you to do something special instead of it being something that you, um, you know, somebody in a different family might feel bad about that and feel uh, uncomfortable with their body. So, I mean, that's kind of kind of what this book is about, too, is like, this is just normal. Your body is normal. And uh, let's talk about it so we can do something about it. All I keep thinking about is my body is not I like would blissfully unaware that I had a not ideal period. Me too. You guys making me learn. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Are you interested in buying this book? Do you want to order the next book so you can read along? Go to www.bookinterrupted.com shop to see a complete list of our books. And if you haven't tried them yet, our affiliate partners, The Bookshop and Libro.fm, both help support your local bookstore where available. Thanks for taking the time to check in and connect. We'll see you next time on Book Interrupted. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. Carrie oh, sure. and...
shark we i don't know when red wedding could i go to the period uh we can't talk about this in front of the boys because it's shameful by the way you came into this world as a result of your mama being able to have a period curious about it but then like i just i just want to screw it up you can put it down push us down whatever but it's we still got it (laughs) we still believe (laughs) are you going to the washroom and you'll be changing your pad. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Book interrupted.